And then he said, وَجْعَلْنِي and make for me, appoint for me, waziran, a minister, min ahli from my family. Wazir from the root letters, wow, zayra, wizard. What does wizard mean? وَلَا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وِزْرَ أُخْرَى What is wizard? Burden, weight. So wazir is someone who carries your weight for you, who carries your burden with you, who helps you. An assistant, a helper. So وَجْعَلِّي وَزِيرًا مِنْ أَهْلِي Ya Allah, give me a helper. Give me someone who will support me. And that person should be from my family. Why from the family? Why from the family? Think about it. You know, for instance, if your mother is supporting you in something, or your sister or your cousin or someone close to you, a relative of yours is with you, then it gives you more comfort also. Right? It's not just a help, but it's the closeness of the relationship that is also comforting. Very true. You know, when you're working with your family, they can't just leave you, abandon you. But if it's some stranger that you just came to know, then what will happen? They might they might leave you, they might abandon you, they might run off with your money. You don't know, you feel like you cannot trust them. But your family, there's trust, there's care, there's love. So, وَجْعَلْنِي وَزِيرًا مِنْ أَهْلِي هَارُونَ أَخِي Harun, my brother. Musa salam doesn't think over here that, oh, but then Harun will also have this great status of prophethood. I want this only for myself. Because generally what happens is that when we get good things, we want them only for ourselves. And especially our family members and especially siblings, we don't want them coming near our stuff. But you see, the work of deen, it's difficult. It's a huge, it's a noble responsibility, but it's also a very huge responsibility. And remember that we cannot do this work alone. You cannot do this on your own. You need helpers. You need supporters. You need someone with you. You see, Isa a.s. Did he not have Hawariyun to help him? He had, right? Even though there were few. The Prophet ﷺ, did he not have his companions who were close to him? He had. So anything, any work of the deen, remember that we cannot do it alone. We need helpers. We need supporters. It doesn't mean that just because we don't have supporters, we don't do it. No. Infiru khifafan wa Go forth in whatever condition you are. You have a lot or you have very little. You have many supporters or you have hardly any supporters. Still, whatever capacity you have, go forth in the way of Allah. But also seek supporters. Also seek people who are like-minded. Why? Think about it. If you're doing dishes all by yourself and somebody says, okay, you load the dishwasher, I'll hand wash the rest of the dishes. What happens? The burden is shared. Right? You are more productive. In little time, you get more work done. So one person alone, how much can they accomplish? Little. But from one, even if you become two, then what happens? Double the results. Right? You will have double results. So one person, they only have limited ability. They can only accomplish limited results. But when you have people with you, in your team, supporting you, working with you, then you can get more done. You know like they say, double your productivity, double your life. 
So just like that, if you have more helpers, if you have more people on the team with you, if your team is growing, then what happens? You have more results. So وَجَعَلْ وَزِيرًا مِنْ أَهْلِ هَارُونَ أَخِي أُشْتُدْ بِهِ أَزْرِي وَأَشْرِكْهُ أَشْرِكْهُ Include him, give him a share of فِي أَمْرِي In my task. Let him share my task. Meaning, also give him prophethood. كَيْ نُسَبِّحَكَ كَثِيرًا Why does he want a helper? So that he has somebody to hang out with? And so that he can talk to somebody? You know, generally when we're seeking companionship, when we're seeking friends, company, why is it that we want people around us? Because we're bored all by ourselves. We need someone to talk to. Someone, you know, to whom we can vent out our feelings to. Right? But Musa alayhi salam says, أَشْرِكُ فِي أَمْرِي Why? Kai so that nusabbihaka we do your tasbih kathira much a lot because if I am working myself and I do tasbih then there's only limited tasbih that I can do there's only limited dhikr that I can do but if I have one more person with me then we can do a lot of tasbih together kai nusabbihaka kathira together we will do your tasbih we will glorify you wanadkuraka kathira and we will remember you much together Also you see when you're sitting alone sometimes, all by yourself, you know, you have a few moments and you're just sitting, staring into space. But at other times when there's somebody sitting with you, you're free, they're free, and you see that they're moving their mouth and they're doing dhikr, then what happens? What happens? You also remember that I should make this useless time useful. Right? I should also do dhikr. So, وَنَذْكُرَكَ كَثِيرًا إِنَّكَ Indeed you. كُنْتَ You, O Allah, بِنَا with us بَصِيرًا Seeing, you're watching us, you're seeing us. It's as though Musa is saying, I know that you are watching me. I know that you're helping me. But I also need someone to be right by my side. Someone who will help me. Someone who will remind me. Together we will work in your service. إِنَّكَ كُنْتَ بِنَا بَصِيرًا Now, we learn something very important over here. Musa a.s. says that we are going to do your dhikr. We are going to remember you, Allah. So a person who is doing something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, any kind of job, any kind of work of the deen, what is one of their job descriptions? What do we learn from here? What is it that they must do? Hmm? Tasbih and dhikr. Tasbih and dhikr. Remember that when you are writing something, like for example an article for an Islamic website, for instance, all right, or you have a blog on which you put lots of good Islamic information, or even on your Facebook you write Islamic stuff, all right, why? For the purpose of da'wah. Then don't forget to remember Allah also. Sometimes we take our job as just a job. You know, for instance, I'm volunteering at this Islamic event, and my job is to you know, give these wristbands to the people who are coming. For instance. So we come in and we do our job, and we don't even remember Allah even once. We think, we say, I'm doing this for the sake of Allah. But how is it for the sake of Allah if we're not even remembering Allah? If we're not even taking His name? If we're not even conscious of Him, if we don't even realize that He is watching us. 
You see, anything that is done and it's devoid of Allah's remembrance, then it will have no barakah. It will have no blessing. This is why we have been told that whenever we do something important, begin with what? Begin with Bismillah. Begin with the mention of Allah's name. Why? So that you are blessed in that action. So that you are rewarded for that action. So that you have Allah's help when doing that action. So anything that we're doing for the cause of Allah, we're teaching, we're studying, we are going somewhere, we're driving to an Islamic event, we're volunteering in any capacity, even if our job is to lay out the tables or lay out the sheets or wrap them up, or set up or wrap up, bring food or take the garbage away, whatever work we're doing for the sake of Allah, don't forget to remember the one for whom you are working. Don't forget Allah. And you see, when we will remember Allah, when we are engaged in our work, then what will happen? What's the benefit? Think, what's the benefit? If you remember, while you're doing your Islamic work, that Allah is watching me, and you are doing the dhikr of Allah, what's the benefit? Okay, you'll get mercy, special mercy, help, barakah, yes? Your work will be done better, okay? You won't be distracted, okay? You will actually draw closer to Allah by doing that work. It will be a means of really taqarrub ila Allah. You know, Ibn Qayyim said that if you are doing something, apparently for the cause of Allah, and it doesn't bring you happiness, it doesn't bring you contentment, then check your intention. Because Allah is ash-shakur. He is appreciative. And it is not possible that you're doing something for Allah and you don't find contentment because of that. If it's a burden, then check your intention. Because if you're doing it the right way, while remembering Allah, it will definitely draw you closer to Allah. What else? Yes? Yes, the whole time will be counted as worship of Allah. Because you are engaged in the remembrance of Allah. How about your intention? Will it have any impact on your intention? Think, you're doing something... You're conscious of Allah. You're remembering Allah. Will it affect your intention? How? It'll make your intention more pure. So for instance, you're doing something and you feel very self-conscious or you feel like somebody's constantly criticizing your work. And you say, Alhamdulillah, Allah's watching me. And you remember Allah. So what happens? Your intention remains straight and proper. Yes, very true. فَذْكُرُونِي you remember Allah and Allah will remember you. So, كَيْ نُسَبِّحَكَ كَثِيرًا وَنَذْكُرَكَ كَثِيرًا إِنَّكَ كُنْتَ بِنَا بَصِيرًا قَالَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قَدْ in fact أُوْتِيْتَ You have been given سُؤْلَكَ Your request, يَا مُوسَى O Musa. سُؤْلَكَ سُؤْل سِينَ هَمْزَ لَامْ سُؤَال is a question. Request. So su'l, the request that you made, you've been given that. Everything you asked for, O Musa, you have it. What did Musa ask for? He said, Rabbi shrahli sadri. So okay, your chest will be opened up for you. Wayasirli amri. Okay, your task will be facilitated for you. Okay, you will be given fluency in speech. Okay, your brother will be a helper and assistant to you. He will also be given prophethood. قَالَ قَدْ أُوْتِيْتَ سُؤْلَكَ يَا مُوسَى It seems so simple. 
you are struggling, you have some fears, ask Allah, okay, Allah gave you, no worries. And this is something that we need to remember. Because when we're doing something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we find it difficult, then we talk about those difficulties, we worry about those difficulties, and we don't ask Allah for help. What do we learn from the example of Musa a.s.? Whatever he feared, he asked, he turned to Allah. And what happened? Everything he wanted, Allah gave him. Allah gave him. Because what is difficult for Allah to give? What is difficult for him to give? Nothing. قَدْ أُوْتِيْتَ سُؤْلَكَ يَا مُوسَى وَلَقَدْ Allah reminds him. And certainly, مَنَنَّا We conferred favor. From the word man, meem, noon, noon. Man is a huge favor. We already bestowed a huge favor alayka upon you, O Musa, maratan a time, ukhra, another. This is not the first time we are fulfilling your requests. This is not the first time we're giving you favors. No, O Musa, we've given you many more favors before. This time we're giving you when you asked us. Before we gave you when you didn't even ask us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds him of his childhood. إِذْ when أَوْحَيْنَا We revealed, we inspired. إِلَىٰ أُمِّكَ To your mother. مَا يُوحَى That which is revealed. That which is revealed. From the word وَوْحَيَ وَحِي What does وَحِي mean? It's a question. What is wahi? Revelation. Hmm? Wahi is given to who? Prophets. So does this mean that the mother of Musa was a prophet? No. She was not. Why? Because the word wahi means revelation, but it doesn't always mean revelation. Because if that was the case, then every honeybee would also be a prophet. And we know that that is not the case. Right? Because... وَأَوْحَى رَبُّكَ إِلَى النَّحْلِ The same word is used over there. What does wahi literally mean? To communicate. How? Secretly, in a subtle way. You know, for instance, you're sitting in a group of people and you think about something and your friend also, you know, you think that she thought of the same thing and you look at her and she moves her eyebrows and you move your eyebrows and you just communicated something. Right? And the rest of the people have absolutely no idea. You didn't use any words, no actions, nothing. Just looking at each other was enough and communication done. Right? So, wahi over here, what does it mean? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired in the heart of the mother of Musa He put that thought in her heart. He put that idea, that strong feeling in her heart that I must do this, I have to do this. This is my only way out. إِذْ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّكَ مَا يُوحَى because remember that Musa when he was born, that was a time when Fir'aun had decreed that all the boys of the Bani Israel be killed, the baby boys. Right? So Musa was supposed to be killed. So in the Qur'an we learn that Musa mother was told, anirdi'ihi, nurse him. Meaning the baby is born, nurse him. As long as possible. And when you're afraid for his life, then put him in a box or in a basket in a taboot, and put that in the river, and that box will end up in the house of Fir'aun. Now, Musa mother, imagine she has her baby, 
and she doesn't know what to do about her baby. She knows that she's got only a few minutes left or a few days left. Any time, the men of Fir'aun will come and take the baby away. They will kill him. So she wants to do something to save her baby. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts this thought in her heart that this is how you're going to save the baby. Just put the baby in this basket and put the basket in the river. That strong feeling, I have to do this. I have to do this. So she did it. And Musa a.s. was saved. And many times Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides His servants, saves His servants like this. You know, perhaps you have experiences in your life that there are moments when you don't know what to do and you just have the strong feeling in your heart, just do this. And you do it, and then later on you realize that was the best decision you made in your life. That was the best thing you did. So, إِذْ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمِّكَ مَا يُوحَى أَنْ اِقْذِ فِيهِ أَنْ ذَاتْ اِقْذِ فِيهِ Put him. Put who? Musa a.s. From qaf, dhal, fa. Qadf, to throw. Over here doesn't mean throw, meaning put. Put him, fit tabut, in the chest. What is tabut? A box, a case, a casket or like a coffin or something. Fit tabut. Faqdi fihi. And then cast that, it, meaning that basket, that box, where? Fil yammi, in the river. Which river is this? Nile. Alright, the open river. فَلْيُلْقِهِ الْيَمْبُ Then the yam, the river, it will throw it, meaning that box, that basket or casket, whatever it was, بِالسَّاحِلْ At the shore. سَاحِلْ سِنْحَالَ Bank, shore. And when it will reach the shore, يَأْخُذْهُ He will take him. Who? عَدُوُّ لِي An enemy to me. وَعَدُوُّ الله And an enemy to him. To who? To Musa a.s. And who's that enemy? Fir'aun. Allah calls Fir'aun my enemy and the enemy of Musa. He will pick that up and like this Musa will survive. وَأَلْقَيْتُ And I put, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Musa أَلْقَيْتُ I put عَلَيْكَ on you مَحَبَّةً Special love minni from me. وَلِتُصْنَعَ And so that you are produced, you are brought up عَلَىٰ عَيْنِي Under my eye. This ayah is mentioned in a very brief way and there is a lot of detail to this. We learn that in Surah Al-Qasas, this incident is mentioned in greater detail that how Musa a.s. mother, when she put him in the basket or in that box, tabut, it ended up in the house of Fir'aun. Right? Through the river. Okay, the river brought it. Where? At the house of Fir'aun. And when they picked up that box, and they saw inside was a baby, what happened? They instantly recognized that that baby was from the Bani Israel. And Fir'aun, obviously, what was his command? That the boy should be killed. He should be assassinated. But what happened? The wife of Fir'aun also saw the baby. And when she saw the baby, in Surah Al-Qasas, Ayah 9, we learn, وَقَالَتِ امْرَأَةُ Fir'aun. The wife of Fir'aun said, قُرَّةُ عَيْنِ لِي وَلَكْ لَا تَقْتُلُوهُ She said, what a comfort of the eye this baby is for me and for you. Look at him, he's so cute. لَا تَقْتُلُوهُ Don't kill him. Don't kill him. He's an innocent baby. And I find so much comfort just looking at this baby. And don't you find comfort looking at this baby? Doesn't he bring you happiness? It is said that the wife of Fir'aun had no children of her own. 
She had no child of her own, not even one. And as a woman, and being married, she wanted to have children, but she didn't. And when she saw this baby, an abandoned child, alone, all by himself, she said, who knows, you know, we can just adopt this baby as our own child. And Fir'aun, he felt bad for his wife, so he said, okay, fine. Can you imagine? The heart of Fir'aun even melted. Why? Because of his wife. Women have a very, you know, strong tool that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. Even a man as Fir'aun can be convinced by his wife. Sisters, married women, I'm talking to you. Alhamdulillah, your husband is not Fir'aun. He's not even close to being like Fir'aun. Use your strength of being a woman. Use that in your favor. You can really change the heart of your husband. You can really have an impact on him. If you know how to behave like a woman. And if you don't know, then learn. Because this is your strength. This is the tool that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. And if you don't use it properly, you suffer. So anyway, Fir'aun is touched and he's like, okay fine, he spares the life of this child. Go ahead. Allahu A'lam. Allahu A'lam. But it is quite possible. Because we don't know if it was the same Fir'aun who was the king when Musa salam returned. Right? Because that was many years down the road. Allahu A'lam. It's possible, it's also not possible. So Musa salam is reminded over here, who saved you at that time? Did you ask me to save you? Who saved you from Fir'aun? Who put that thought in your mother's heart? To make this plan and to put you in the basket? Where did all of this come from? Who decided that you should be saved? Did you adopt any plan to save yourself? You were a helpless, a defenseless baby in the home of your enemy. And I saved you there. And I will save you now also. I protected you before, I will protect you now. And look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected him. وَأَلْقَيْتُ عَلَيْكَ مَحَبَّةً مِّنِّي This is very beautiful. The Mufassirun have said different things about this. So for instance, Qatada, he said that Musa alayhi salam, there was something special about his looks, about his eyes, about his face as a baby. Right? That whoever saw him fell in love with him. Whoever saw that baby was attracted towards that baby. You know, for instance, some babies, their face, I mean, cute, nice, every baby is cute. But then there are some other babies, I mean, there's something about their eyes. You're drawn towards them. You're pulled towards them. You can't resist. Even if you see that child outside somewhere in the mall, the baby of a complete stranger, but what happens? You can't resist it. And you wave or you smile at that child or you go closer and you try to have a conversation. So Musa was just even better than that. وَأَلْقَيْتُ عَلَيْكَ مُحَبَّةً مِّنِّي I put love on you from me so that people loved you. Other Mufassirun have said that this means وَأَلْقَيْتُ عَلَيْكَ مُحَبَّةً مِّنِّي that I bestowed my special love on you. I loved you. Even when you were a child. So I love you now as well. Why are you afraid? You think I will abandon you? You think I have not equipped you? وَأَلْقَيْتُ عَلَيْكَ مَحَبَّةً مِّنِّي وَلِتُصْنَعَ عَلَىٰ عَيْنِي تُصْنَعَ From صَاد نُونَ عَيْن 
sunr, to produce, to craft, to construct something skillfully. You know, for instance, something is made in a factory. Right? So, وَلِتُصْنَعَ عَلَىٰ عَيْنِي You are produced under my eye. You were nurtured, you grew up under my protection. Because think about it, Musa a.s. when he was put in the basket, in the river, you think he could have uh, drowned? Was it possible? Very much possible. Think about it, you put a baby in a box in the river, what are the chances that that baby will survive? Seriously. And then that basket, that baby, ends up in the house of the greatest tyrant in the world, who's a baby killer. Literally a baby killer. And the baby ends up in his house. What are the chances that that baby will survive? And then Musa grew up in the house of Fir'aun under Allah's protection. So that Fir'aun could not harm him. Nobody could hurt him. He grew up as a prince. And you see, if he was in the house of his family, within the Bani Israel, then he would grow up as a slave. Sooner or later he would be discovered and he would be killed. Or even if his life was spared, he would grow up as a slave, doing slave labor. Just like Yusuf he was pulled out of his family house and he grew up in the house of Aziz. What happened? There was a lot of learning for Yusuf in that. But who protected him? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Likewise, Musa salam, growing up in the house of Fir'aun, Allah kept him safe. Yes. This is so true. That if Allah wishes to keep you safe, you will be safe even in the hands of your enemy, even in the hands of Allah's enemy. The Prophet is comforted over here because he was in Mecca alone. His own people had turned against him. His own tribe had turned against him. So he's comforted. It doesn't matter if you don't have people's support and protection. If Allah's protecting you, nobody can harm you. Nobody can hurt you. Even your greatest enemy. When you're so close to that enemy, still that enemy cannot hurt you if Allah protects you. The greatest protection is Allah's protection. Istamshi ukhtuk. When your sister was walking. فَتَقُولُوا So she said, هَلْ أَدُلُّكُمْ Should I tell you? عَلَى مَنْ يَكْفُلُوا About those who will look after him. Again, this is mentioned in greater detail in Surah Al-Qasas. We learned that when Musa salam's mother, when she put Musa salam in the basket and put him in the river, وَأَصْبَحَ فُؤَادُ أُمِّ مُوسَى فَارِغًا The heart of the mother of Musa salam became empty. Meaning of everything else. She was only concerned about Musa salam. Just imagine a mother putting her baby in a basket in the river. Can you imagine her fears? So she was feeling like that. And she said to her daughter, وَقَالَتْ لِأُخْتِهِ To the sister of Musa salam, قُصِّيهِ Follow him. Follow the basket. See where it goes. فَبَصُرَتْ بِهِ And watch it. عَنْ جُنُبٍ From the side. وَهُمْ لَا يَشْعُرُونَ So that people don't find out that you are watching. Because then they will suspect that you have put this in the river and then they will make that connection. So watch from the side so that nobody sees you. And what happened? She saw that the tabut ended up in the house of Fir'aun. And this is what's going on. And then what happened? Finally when Fir'aun decided that okay we will keep the baby. Now the baby has to be nursed. There was no formula at that time. No milk bottles. So the baby had to be nursed. So what happened? All the wet nurses were called. Any woman who could nurse was called. 
But what happened? Musa salam refused to take milk from any woman. Can you imagine a hungry baby? A hungry baby who wants his mother's milk? You know, at that time you want any solution. Any solution. Just give me anything. I can put in this baby's mouth so that this baby will stop crying. So when the people of Fir'aun, they were in this you know, chaos, what to do with this baby? The queen wants the baby, and this baby is crying away, won't drink from any woman. So what happened? The sister of Musa came and said, Hal adullukum? Should I tell you? Should I lead you? Allah about mayakfulu, someone who can look after him. Yakfulu from kafala, kifala, kafil is someone who's a guardian to another. Remember Zakariya salam kafalaha. He was the kafil of Maryam, guardian. So she said, I can tell you about someone who will take care of this baby. You know, they're a very nice people, very nice lady. You never know, this baby might drink from her. Mayakfulu. So they wanted any solution. They said, okay, even an Israeli woman, fine, bring her. Anybody. So what happened? When she was brought and she nursed Musa salam, Musa salam, obviously, he was back with his mother. He didn't refuse her. فَرَجَعْنَاكَ إِلَىٰ أُمِّكَ So we returned you to your mother. Why? كَيْ تَقَرَّ عَيْنُهَا كَيْ so that تقرأ. It is comforted. قرار When something is comforted. تَقَرَّ عَيْنُهَا Her eyes are comforted. How? By looking at you. Her worries are gone. Her fears are gone. وَلَا تَحْزَن And also she would not have any grief over being separated from you. You know, these words are so beautiful. Allah knows what a mother is going through when her child is separated from her. Even if that child is separated from her for a few hours, for a few moments, the anxiety that the mother is feeling, people will laugh at her. Literally people laugh at her. You're crazy. You've forgotten about everything. You're only concerned about your baby. You know you have other people in your life as well. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. So what happened? Musa salam, he spent the beginning years of his life with his mother. Without Fir'aun and his people knowing that she was his mother. And you killed a person. Musa salam grew up in the house of Fir'aun. And then eventually what happened? We learned this in Surah Al-Qasas also. That once Musa salam, he was out in the marketplace in the middle of the day when people were resting and it was all quiet and he saw two people fighting. One person from the Bani Israel and another person from the Egyptians. And when he saw them fighting, the Bani Israel, he asked Musa salam for help. So Musa salam helped him. And in offering his help, he punched the Egyptian man. And that one punch was enough to kill him. Accidental murder. He killed that man by accident. So what happened the following day? Similar thing happened where that same Israeli man was now fighting with somebody else. Again, he asked Musa to help him. But somebody came running and said to Musa, run, go away from here. People of Fir'aun, they figured out that you are the one who killed someone yesterday. So go save your life. Musa left Egypt immediately. He ran out and he ended up in Madian. وَقَتَلْتَ نَفْسًا You killed a person. فَنَجَّيْنَاكَ مِنَ الْغَمِّ We saved you from worry, from grief. We saved you. We delivered you from that grief. You see, when you've made a mistake, even if it was accidental, 
it weighs heavy on your heart. It weighs heavy on your heart. You live with that guilt. And this is the reason why we have been shown the way to tawbah. We have been shown the way to istighfar. Seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, فَنَجَّيْنَاكَ مِنَ الْغَمْ We saved you from that غَم, from that distress, from that worry. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave him. And you know when you replace evil with good, when you do tawbah, when you do istighfar, then your heart is at peace. Then you are you know, satisfied. غَم has also been interpreted as revenge from Fir'aun for that accidental murder. Meaning some kind of punishment. Retaliation. Because when you're punished for a mistake that you've made, even though you deserve that punishment, it hurts you. Right? So, فَنَجَّيْنَاكَ مِنَ الْغَمْ We saved you, so you weren't taken revenge from. وَفَتَنَّاكَ فُتُونَ And it doesn't stop there, Musa. فَتَنَّاكَ We tested you. We put you to trial. How much? فُتُونَ A lot of trials. We tested you with one test after another, one trial after another. You know this word fitna that is used for trial? What does it mean literally? To burn gold, heat it up, expose it to intense heat. Why? To purify it, to cleanse it, and to mold it. Because unless gold is put through this process, it doesn't look beautiful. It doesn't. Have you seen an old piece of jewelry? Have you ever seen it? Would you wear it? No. What if your mother says, it's it weighs this much gold and it costs this much money? Like, sorry mom, I'm not wearing this. When will you wear it? When is it worth wearing? When it is clean. When, when it is purified. When it is in a good condition. And for that, if you want to reshape it into something else, if you want to clean it, it has to be put through a purification process. And what is that? Intense heat. This is fitna. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us go through difficulty upon difficulty, not aimlessly, not in vain. There is a purpose. What is that purpose? Purify us and improve us and prepare us. وَفَتَنَّاكَ futuna. فَلَبِسْتَ Then you stayed سِنِينَ For many years فِي أَهْلِ مَدْيَنْ Amongst the people of Madian. ثُمَّ جِئْتَ Then you came قَدَرٍ At the decreed time يَا مُوسَى وَمُوسَى You stayed in Madian for many years, ten years, and then you decided to leave Madian. And as you were going through this desert, you spotted the fire on the mountain. And then you came to the mountain. And this happened ala qadr, according to decree. At the right time, at the right place. According to Allah's plan, O Musa. Everything that has happened in your life did not happen accidentally. It happened for a reason. You were being prepared to come here to receive prophethood at this time, at this place. Everything that happened, happened for a reason. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat. وَهَلْ أَتِيكَ حَدِيثُ مُوسِي 
وألقيت عليك محبة مني ولتصنع على عيني اتمشي أختك فتقول هل أدلكم على من يكفله فرجعناك إلى أمك كي تقر عينها ولا تحزن وقتلت نفسا فنجيناك من الغم وفتناك فتونا فلبت سنين في أهل مدين ثم جئت على قدري يا موسي